I mean, if I'm a doctor and I'm diagnosing this based on all the fingers we've pointed, this is multiple organ failure, and there needs to be some. <laughs> there needs to be some emergency surgery. Multiple organ failure after the the truck just ran into a brick wall. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 37 of season five of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey everyone, Rob Gilreath. Hey guys, and Matt Cavender. What it is, everybody, and uh, I just wanted to say that I didn't realize that all the equipment that uh, Rob gave me at GLI could be used for like everyday podcast use. So uh, I'm hoping this is the last week of the gaming headset, and I'll sound like a real professional next week. Yay! <laughs> well, this week, since I don't know how much we really want to talk about last weekend, we brought on Harrison Watt to answer some stupid questions <laughs> and talk about the CCHA and uh, all the news that's come out in the last week, maybe about like the impending doom of the NCA. So yeah, we'll we'll keep it real positive today, guys. I guess I said it and I screwed this up because I didn't actually write a script. So we've got a guest today, Harrison Watt. Thanks for joining us, Harrison. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you guys again. Anything else we want to talk about, guys, that I didn't mention in that lovely rundown of Doom? Matt, I can see the wheels turning in Matt's head about the dumb questions he's going to ask me later. (laughs) No, it's more that I actually do want to talk about this weekend. There's important things to talk about in there that were, it's just not going to be fun. We got to do it. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> all right we'll be right back with harrison watt after a little thank you notes and a brief note from our sponsors when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply do you work in manufacturing product design or product development is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale livonia technical services can help they provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A Tech.net. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E Dental.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, where do you want to start, Matt? Since since you want to talk about things, um, 
I mean, I actually like asked Abigail if she wanted to go to Barnes and Noble yesterday so I can come back with a thesaurus for to have like a real prop for this. But I am really running out of words for like frustration in this season. And uh, Joe's comments after Saturday's game uh, just really did not sit right with me. It was another kind of like round of like guys didn't come to play like I need players that play. And I'm just looking at this lineup and we have preseason goaltender of the year, preseason player of the year. Like we've got a whole bunch of clear talent on this team. They show it every night. And what I see out of this team is a lack of system, a lack of direction. And as I've said before, there's a lot of times where these guys look like they're playing, like they don't know each other's names. Now, when I see a team that has a lot of talent and they don't have a structure in which to put that, whose fault is that? Anybody Anybody want to want to like tell me? Because at this point... <laughs> At this point, you know, there is there is some scrutiny to be put on the student-athletes for the fact they're not putting wins together, but this well, team has the tools to succeed. Well, and here's the other not. thing. How many times has Joe on his show, especially before the new format, talked about how if he could, uh, you know, make 20 Piedelas and put him on the team, he would, right? Yeah, but you've got, like, no, but, Austin but, no, but I'm saying I know is, he's hurt now. No, but, but what I'm saying is... is your captain is Logan Piedela. Your alternate captain is Blake Piedela. He talks up Arvid Kataroth and how he plays all the time, and he's a captain. So your leaders sound like they're guys that Joe wants in those roles, and they should be leading by example, but I'm also not seeing that either. Like he's like usually Joe's best teams have been when the captain like he always wants a player-led team, right? He Unlike Mel, Mel was really more of a coach-led team. Joe prefers a player-led team, and the best teams he's had have been, like, when it's been the strongest leadership of players. Like uh, like Brent Baltus, how many times has he talked on the show about how Brent, when, he, when Joe would notice something in the game, Brent would be like, I got it, and he'd go talk to the guys before he had to. And I don't see, like... Like Blake has an A, but I don't see him. I, I I don't know how he's leading or like I don't know. It just feels weird that this team has as much talent as it does. It seems like it has the leadership Joe would like, and yet we're into February, and, and we're still talking about identity. Well, yeah, it's ridiculous to me. Yeah, like we, I we don't have an identity, and I know we this would the be broken one thing. record from like two weeks yeah. ago, but like. Yeah, I know like, Mike Hastings is dealing with first round draft picks, but his team had an identity in October in his first year. That's a and mic it looked drop. like a Hastings team, right? Like that's a mic drop right there. You can't even. That's the end of the argument right there. Like I don't understand how we're oh in year God. seven and it's February and um Joe Sean team isn't playing good defense and sticking to structure and. Like I just don't get how we can be this this late in the season and this team doesn't have the identity that we've seen yeah. for the most part mm-hmm. of the last seven years. Like we might not be able to score, yeah. but we're not giving up well, two soft goals a game. Like yeah, not, and to not me, being to able me, to score would actually be part of the identity that we're used that, to. That that is. And <laughs> see, I before I go any further into this, I just want to say that 
Joe Sean will correctly go down in Michigan Tech history as the second best coach we've ever had, and he has earned all of the like rights and accolades that come with that. But with that said, this uh, after seeing them in person and watching all these games, uh, from a talent perspective, I still think this is one of the best teams talent-wise that Tech has had in a while, and they just cannot form any cohesion together or string together any wins. And when I see a team full of talent and they are not clicking at this point in the season, this it really kind of just points all fingers at the coaching staff to me because I feel like it, it, maybe it's not Joe, maybe it's it's Jordy, maybe it's Tyler, maybe, but somebody should be clicking and creating a system here that works. Like, why do we have a whole lot of players like Austin Swankler, who, you know, we know is hurt now, but that you could look at a stat sheet and hardly know he's there. Like, we have these weapons that should be producing and just flat out aren't, and I just don't know where else blame can be placed at this point. I want to say one thing about this. This kind of occurred to me during that um, point you were making. When teams go through things that are really distracting, like at any time offseason, beginning of the season, it's easy for us on the outside to minimize the impact that that has in a locker room, um, you know, two, three, four months down the road. But between, you know, the Swankler story, between Patrick's, um, you know, the comments and all that stuff, that stuff like sits in your locker room for a lot longer than you think. Guys don't just leave that in the rear view. We went through similar bad situation when I was at Ferris yeah. and it, fra- it fractured the locker room. And what happens is, you know, a disagreement in September might not matter much to any of us, but guy A disagrees with guy B and they don't let that stuff go. Yep. And some of it can be that, like, I know we talked about this back when it happened and we kind of felt like the team had gotten a bounce from from Patrick being removed from the team. And, it, and that kind of felt like one of those things where it's like dad and brother are fighting. We remove dad so there's no more fighting so that players can relax in, like, in a recent moment after that because it's calmer but that like you said that doesn't mean that the underlying reasons why the two were fighting isn't dividing the locker room isn't causing problems now and i know the other thing that that i think is relevant to this is i know joe said multiple times that like or at least i thought he did early in the season that there was some like player animosity towards joe signing swinkler and what that would do to these guys. And and I wouldn't be surprised if you're seeing some of that now, too, where the, like, it's not like he's necessarily the problem, but throwing him into the situation we had and then not, like, I think it'd be different if they had continued what they did at GLI and had a good January. Like, it, you can kind of get over that. But once the wheels kind of fall off, it's really hard to not just, like, I don't know. Like, it's really hard to put them back on and get moving again when you're already in this negative place and had all this other things that have really kind of derailed this season in different ways. Yeah, it was it was a gamble. And, you know, maybe if the Patrick stuff never happened, it wouldn't be like this. But I, I have watched this stuff translate on ice and the results, you know, be like that. I've, you know, I'm not going to go into stuff that I saw and heard in our locker room back when all mm-hmm. our stuff went down, but like I've watched that stuff play out and guys have animosity towards each other. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Austin Swankler's turned over a new leaf. 
Maybe he's doing the best he can to work hard and endear himself to his teammates, but it doesn't change the fact that there were guys in the locker room that probably didn't like playing against him when he was at BG. There are probably guys in the locker room that are really happy to have his skill. And even if it's not said, it's under, it can be understood between guys with all that other negativity going around that not everybody agrees on this. And, you know, it, it does translate on the ice. I watched it happen. I think, you know, because the talent's not coming through and because I have watched Joe's system work in the past, that's probably the thing I have to point to is all of the external noise getting in there and tearing it apart a little bit this year. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and those things can absolutely be factors, but when I think about the Saturday night game in the MAC, I see a game that Tech should have won, signed, sealed, delivered. Like, I, there, I, I see no excuse for losing that game. It's because in the third period, we saw a team that played to not lose instead of played to win, and that is something that Joe admitted. I will give him that, but this is also behavior we've come to expect from a Joe Sean-led team. I don't believe that when we see it that happened this many times over seven years that he can sit there on his interview and put that on the players. To me, that is a systemic failure, and he needs to wear that. Yeah, because no matter what, it doesn't matter that that um, certain players made mistakes and were in the wrong position because at a certain point, like, is it is it fatigue from a freshman playing 30 minutes a game? Like like I don't know like one of the things that I found really interesting about this weekend was Northern Michigan's player that played the least played like 12 minutes like and it felt like the distribution was way more even like that they're obviously leaning towards their best players but they like it can be a big deal when you stay fresh like that's what you're trying to get at. if you if you play them if you play your best players two less minutes the first two periods it's not as big a deal when they're double shifting the last 10 minutes of the game kind of thing. And it just feels like it feels like we have the depth to not overplay our best players at least, but I don't, but it's not working out. So I don't know what it is. I will, I will say that Michigan tech teams have been guilty of, you know, guy X plays 28 minutes guy. Y plays six. Like I've seen that a lot on the analytics before. Like there, Mm -hmm. there are not a lot of teams that, operate ice time that way yeah Um, i think it's kind of old-fashioned it's like how they used to play a little different but like how the wings used to play nick lidstrom like 27 28 29 minutes a night well and And the other thing you have to remember too is and the other thing that might be worth thinking about is this is the is this the first year of the new timeout rule like the commercial timeout yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if like joe isn't exactly adjusting well to that because if you've got three commercial timeouts that are a minute each before like that, that makes it a little easier to play your guys more because they're basically getting that shift off three times. Now it's one long break each period and that's it. Well, then you're all, you also have to lump in the fact that, you know, managing the bench in game two, you got a guy out there playing 30, almost 32 minutes that night. That's after a night of travel after a game on the road. Yeah. On a slightly bigger rink too, more space to skate. So like, you know, the second night of the weekend, you have to, I think, and Joe might not agree with me, and I'm not a coach, and there's a reason I'm not a coach, because I'm not that knowledgeable, but, like, I'm typically thinking, like, you know, I'm going to play my best guys, but I'd like to see if I can even out my minutes a little bit on night two, or you you do it on the front end, you even out your minutes on the front end, and then that, the next night you play your best guys as long as you have to play them to win, but um, to me, it, 
the way it looked, it looked like they were pinned into a corner. He had to play, play certain guys probably longer than he would have liked. I don't think he has to play them. I think the the point is... Or he felt like he had to. Right. He he feels like he has to, but... Yeah. Tim, like Tim, I agree with what Tim said, and I think Matt made a comment about it earlier. This feels like one of the most talented teams that Joe has had over the his tenure. From a pure skill perspective, absolutely. From a pure skill perspective, yes. It, uh, I don't think it's a lack of talent. Um, it, well, and it also feels like Joe's leaning too much on his top six forwards for all the special teams. Like, why isn't Bronte or, like, it feels like there's, there's plenty of bottom really, six guys that could be killing penalties. And and Bronte didn't play on Saturday. He was scratched. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I well, know obviously that, I it know means probably, Joe doesn't think he tried hard enough because that's I know, what he but said, to, right? He scratched know, five and, guys from Friday to Saturday. Yeah, and to me, like, you're the coach, I get it, and maybe putting the lines in the blender was something that was just kind of an idea to, like, throw at the wall to see if it would work. And, I, you know, for the first like three quarters of that game, I was kind of buying into it. I was like, okay, maybe throwing the lines in the blender really did something. But then when a game like that happens and the compete level drops off that hard in the second half of the third, I wish we had a guy like Tyrone Bronte on the ice. That is the exact kind of player I would like in that situation. He is, from my perspective and the way that I've seen these games and the way that I've seen the numbers, he is the kind of guy that will get in there and become a spark plug in that situation. And maybe that score is different if he's in the lineup. And and I'm I mean, not. Go ahead, Dustin. If if half of your team isn't trying hard enough, I mean, look in the mirror. I mean, that's the other part of it. Yeah, if you, if it's at this point, you have a roster that's this talented, and your excuse is I have guys that aren't trying. Why are they not trying for you? In right. a rival in a rivalry game. In a rivalry <laughs> game, why are why is like? And I understand that. And this is not a knock on the players at all. This is just because of the you know just kind of the reality of being a fan there are fan we are fans of the program and there are some of us that are that take it more seriously than the players even but the as if the players aren't taking the rivalry game like as like ah, i'm struggling to find a good word like as as like personal as like that like if that's not enough to motivate you if that's not enough to motivate you i especially really feel like especially that's a losing problem. the way yeah. they did friday right like yeah like yeah. Losing the way they did Friday, I mean, I get that Northern has kind of been a wagon at home, but it just felt like there was no compete level in that game. And then on Saturday, it was like, okay, we got the game won. Let's just play to not lose. Let's not put on any offensive pressure. And I'm just that, – that strategy works when you're up three goals, sure, and you got the wiggle room to do it. But when you're up one, you let them tie it up, and then you lose the conference point in the shootout. That's what, That's an issue. That's not a winning strategy. Or it's gotten to the point where they're they are more pissed at Joe than they are at the guys on the other side of the ice, so they just don't care anymore. The other thing that um, the other thing they get to at some point is the mental side of okay, this has happened so many times, and you just like accidentally manifest it in your own head. Like you know, the year two seasons ago with Ferris, we blew a lot of leads, and it wasn't because we weren't playing well enough to win or playing hard. We just we kind of like thought the mistakes into existence and it, it happened. So, so here we could, go again, factor. Yeah, no, it, it's a real, it's a real thing. Now, was yeah. that the year where you like lost both Michigan state games in like the last two minutes or whatever? I, something like that. I, the Michigan state, the one Michigan state game, we were up three to three to nothing at one point, lost four to three in regulation. 
Yeah, I think I, I turned think, it on to see all four Michigan State goals. It was like the, correctly. it happened in like a 21 minute span to end the game. And it's like that stuff just happened. Sometimes it's not even effort. Sometimes it's just like the it's just the, first, the game. Like, yeah, it's a first random one, game. And yeah, the first one goes in. And I remember looking at one of our guys from a, from the press box that night. And he looked at another guy. and They just started shaking their heads like, oh, yeah. When Joe talked about that on one of the, I don't remember if it was on the radio show or post game, but he talked about like, he he made the quip of like, maybe we need a sports psychologist. And I'm like, yeah, I think you do. Like, I don't, I'm honestly not, not surprised. I'm, I am surprised that a school like Michigan tech, if they want to be like, it seems like they are rather ambitious. So that seems like a thing that you wouldn't, that you should be investing in because it is like so much of this is a head game because I, I feel like the scoring part of it for a lot of these guys is a head game of like, you know, you hit the goalie in the chest once and then you, you're in your head that you can't hit the net and then you miss the net altogether because you're trying to hit the corner and like, it's just, they're overthinking that stuff and they just can't get out of their head on it. And the other thing I know you talked about Bronte, Matt, being that spark plug type guy to kind of like get the game under control the other thing that i haven't noticed and i don't and i'm not saying he's been playing bad but i haven't noticed that spark plug side of jack works for a while either yeah um i don't know if i necessarily put a whole bunch of weight on him for that but i know we've talked about that in the in the past where um we've historically in his career like relied upon him to be that guy that the guys kind of rally around and he like decides by himself is like, all right, guys, we're getting back in this game now. And I don't necessarily think he's played uh, poorly, but he has not had uh, one of those moments. And it feels like a good while, you know? Yeah. It's almost like it's a bunch of guys waiting around for something for someone else to make something happen. And at the end of the day, they're just like Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. (laughs) So there's no, like, Okay, works is going to make it happen. It works is like I bet bronze is going to happen. Not specifically those guys, but yeah, but just for the sake of argument, yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah. And it, when stuff like this happens, I know you're talking about those two specific incidents with bringing in Swinkler and all the drama around that, and then what happened with Patrick early on this year. Like it also makes me wonder about all those other things that have been said on like the Sports Talk app, and like it it. So much of this feels like all of that stuff kind of coming together and like creating this perfect storm of just struggling to get anyone to buy in. Like it feels like they've all tuned them out. And I don't know, like the other thing, like like you said, Matt, like maybe this is reflecting on like Joe being the only guy that really has D1 coaching experience outside of Michigan Tech. Like Jordy was a, like a, an unpaid assistant at Notre Dame and, and Tyler basically came from strength and conditioning to be uh, an assistant coach. And, and Bretzman's the same way. He doesn't have any coaching experience. Like none of those guys have a ton of experience as coaches outside of Joe. Yeah. And I think uh, Nathan Sima, the guy who writes for us made a, a great point that at this point, I feel like, um, should the institution choose to move on from Joe or Joe chooses not to re-up his contract, that we are a school that could probably attract a a reasonably good name. You know, like I'm thinking kind of in the Ron Rolston kind of area of the world. 
we could probably attract a name like that. And if we get somebody like that, I don't know if they just pick guys that are because as as much as I don't want to like get too down on the assistant coaching staff, I mean at this point I don't know where else to go, but like it kind of feels like you were saying some of their experience might not stack up. They're just they might be just like handshake agreement type things because Joe likes them, you know. Yeah, well, I I don't think I I think they're really good. Or it seems like they're decent recruiters as a group, at least the the yeah. two that have been doing that for a while. Mm-hmm. I know, I, and we all know that uh, Bressman wasn't exactly the first choice, and I'm sure if they had to do it again, they'd probably try and find a a goaltender, goalie coach to come in. Um, try harder, I guess, but like the. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like I don't know. It's just really hard not to to be frustrated, disappointed, and generally down on this for a, like from a multiple angles. Like I just don't, I don't really know where to go, and that's why I wanted to have most of this podcast not be about this. But <laughs> I, will, I will say, I will say one thing that I think you know. Those are three. Uh, how old is Tyler? Tyler's got to be. He's in his forties. Okay. I think. So he's- He's not that. Uh, I don't. Th- the other I'm, guys... I'm guessing he's. I'm guessing he's a little younger than that because. I, I, was. I was. I was already oh, he's at 39. school. Yeah, I was already at school when he showed up. Yeah. So well, you got to remember my... how much older they are, though. Right, yeah. but yeah, he's my 39. Bet, my bet would be that Joe is self-aware enough to hire younger coaches because he knows I'm probably not the most relatable guy, and these guys are going to need something to relate to. Yeah, like I do think there's a self-awareness in those hirings, um, knowing hey. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but yep. we can find some guys that can. Yeah, and I'm sure that third assistant coach position didn't have a ton of money to be spent since it kind of has, you know, it didn't even get announced that yeah. they could have one till toward the end of last season, right? So it's not like they can just suddenly have 80 grand to throw around or whatever at a, a more experienced third coach or whatever. But and I'm not yeah. even sure how that would work, but. I don't and, really uh, want to throw shade on the assistants because I do think they're doing a good job. I'm just saying, like, I've seen a lot of stuff on TikTok talking about how, like, uh, like um, certain employees get paid more because they've been through the hard times and know how to get through them. And that's one thing I'm not sure either Jordy or Tyler have a ton of experience with as coaches of how to get the team out of the yeah. funk. That's yeah, only something I, Joe's got experience with. Yeah, I think that's a good way to frame it because I also I don't want to brag on the assistants. I think they've done a, a at least a reasonably good job with the hand they've been dealt, especially on the recruiting trail. But yeah, that's a I, I don't real, I don't know what else to add there. That was really well put. And Multiple. the opposite side of the coin from you know having younger assistants that can relate more t- to the players, which is all a good thing. And I agree that that is what Joe is going for in those hires. But the opposite side of the coin is you also have young assistants that don't have that experience and also probably are less likely to stand up to Joe if they disagree with him or if they're stand their ground um, and uh, push back uh, if in kind of own their part of the team. You know what I mean? Like if they own a power play, yeah. how likely are they to push back if Joe says, hey, you need to change something? It, yeah. And that's a good point. And there is one thing that Harrison said that was like, maybe he's not like your cup of tea, but like I've played for coaches where like, 
at least at the time I was playing for them, I didn't like them. I thought they were an asshole, but then looking back, I saw that they did some really great things for my development, and because I, like, bought it in the system and, like, really did well with that, you don't necessarily have to uh, like a guy in order to, like, buy into his system and find something that works for you, but you also have to have something in that system that seems worth grabbing onto, and I'm not sure that in the system we have some of these more offensive-minded players, and I'm thinking Swankler, just off the bat, are feeling like they're in a position to contribute right away. And there's certainly the uh, the factors that you've talked about, Harrison, where there's just been all sorts of locker room drama. There's been guys that maybe didn't like the idea of him coming in. There was the Patrick stuff in the beginning of the year. There might be fracture there, but I feel like that's a guy that should be able to slot into this roster and immediately start potting a bunch of goals. And it's not but also. I also remember when Schwenkler's coming in, there was some talk that he was coming here because he needed to be more responsible defensively. So maybe he's really taking that to heart. <laughs> I don't know if his lack of offense is translating to being responsible defensively, but. I mean, if I'm a doctor and I'm diagnosing this based on all the fingers we've pointed, this is multiple organ failure. And there needs to be some. There needs to be some emergency surgery. Multiple organ failure after the the truck just ran into a brick wall. Yeah, no, nah, that's that's not to say emergency surgery can't save some of this, but there there's going to need to be a real intensive. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking solution. of that, I laughed really hard when CHN put Michigan Tech as the CCHA auto bid because of Blake Pietola and favoring goalies and playoffs and i'm like have you been watching our team like yeah there's always a chance that they turn it around but not looking good right now like now you're in february this yeah. is when you need to be getting hot yeah you need you need to have been hot you know last week. and that that's another thing joe sean teams historically have built up like throughout the year and then they get stronger and better as we go on and that's where a lot of our criticisms kind of like okay you know that's how joe sean teams are built they go through their struggles early on then they galvanize and they get ready for a playoff push. But if we're in February and we still kind of feel like we're looking at a team that might as well be playing in week one to three, like that's a concern. Yep. And we're talking, we've got six regular season games left before the CCHA tournament. Like, and we've got two of our, what are supposed to be our best forwards out for how long, right? The Kukin and I guess is supposedly back, hopefully back for playoffs. Um, we don't really know how hurt Swinkler is and if he's going to be able to go this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. But it's I'm it's, sure it's hard to believe a guy that wasn't able to play the entire third period is going to be a hundred percent go on Friday. Yeah, with the nature of hockey players, you'd feel if he leaves, there's probably something more serious going on. Yeah. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you.
You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Anything else about the, the NMU weekend? It sucks to lose the tiebreakers for our tribal, especially in the uh, fashion See, that we did, giving up a tying goal in the third period and then proceeding to lose the shootout. And that's the thing for me. Like, um, if you take the emotion out of it, like, even just losing both of those games in the fashion we did, no matter who they are, is at this stage of the season with the team that we have and the team that they have, that just stings. When you add the rivalry on top of it, it's just not a great look. And I want to give as much credit as I can to Northern because they came to play both nights. They really came to play on Friday, and you know we had the better of them on Saturday for the most part. But they came to play, and they earned their wins, and I want to give them credit for that. But yeah. it really stings when you feel like you're the reason you lost is because you guys did not compete hard enough. Well, and we used to have Northern's number, right? Mm-hmm. used to so if i know it didn't happen i know it was nowhere close to happening but if michigan tech had swept they'd be tied for second right now mm-hmm. it's a like, different conversation and think how much different we're talking about this team that if they had just swept their arch rival coming up and and that and honestly in some fashion that's what you're hoping for when you come off a saturday night win one nothing against lake state in a game post game that joe says was probably the best game they played off the puck all year and something to build on. And then they come back and play this game on Friday night, completely get torched the first period, allow 20 shots on goal. Like, I mean, that was kind of like, I was I was honestly glad that I was too busy to watch the game Friday night. So I didn't have to sit through that in any fashion, let alone uh, try and sync up Dirk or listen to whoever was with Dave Ellis on Friday night, he apologized for whoever was with him. I don't know. To me, when I told him about the the Bowling Green Atlantic hockey stuff from uh, Talon or whatever on our Discord, go check out our Discord if you want to know what I'm talking about. It's not worth talking about. Um, but like, I don't know. It's just so weird to like. Yeah, if if this team does what they could have done and sweeps, like, look how much different we're talking about this team. We're talking about them. We're we're sitting here talking about them peaking at the right time. Like, like moving into Carnival on a winning note, headed in the right direction. Maybe it's finally coming together. Yeah, we're going to have to overcome some injuries if Swinkler still gets hurt and and all that stuff. But, like, like Michigan Tech has not played. Like, the closest thing they have to a good weekend is the GLI, and that still wasn't, like, they played good. But I wouldn't say that was, like, six solid periods or anything like that like it took a shootout and thankfully blake won that shootout right like is that like the only shootout blake's ever won it feels like it i'm probably wrong about that and to and to follow our trend we're we're lucky that perry picked a different goalie this week because michigan tech should have been four weeks in a row allowing the goaltender of the week yeah i mean the really the i think our saving <laughs> grace was the fact that trotter got assists so he had real points on the weekend and, if and he also did it get, against a better team 
You did it against that a better team. Sense. It had like a point. Yeah, like what, like a point nine one eight or something like that. Yeah, nine one nine, which was worse than uh, Halas. But but he didn't get assists. It's like if you get a, it's like if you get a three five and you're captain of the football team, you're good to go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> two two assists on top of allowing the same number of goals on uh, more shots and um, or no, was it more goal? It was more a few more goals on more shots, but like the. It was pretty they were relatively even so yeah i think it's fair that he picked the other one because of the two assists but like benny halas had a ccha player of the week type week yeah but trotto won them the game hands down i don't think there are some ridiculous saves there too the two saves yeah. that you yeah know, halas, were, were crazy halas didn't win either game he played very well yeah. but you know third period saturday and the start of the game friday since we've talked Michigan Tech, why don't we just continue on and let's finish this part of the episode and we can talk about Carnival. we got Carnival coming up. Uh, is there any snow up there to make statues, Rob? Have you talked to your dad? Like, are they uh, even trying? No, there's, no they were, there is. They were trying to, like, sh- anybody that had uh, files or whatever could contact the university and they were, they're trucking it in from wherever they can get it. Yeah, but there's not a lot of snow up north at all. No, it's it's kind of weird. We were in the UP this weekend, and there was no snow, no snow, no snow. Then suddenly there was a little bit. And there was enough to you know downhill ski, but it was it's it's weird looking up there right now. There's you can see dirt. It looks like April. Does does Ripley have snow machines? Uh Ripley does. Yeah, okay. I believe so. When we were up there, Ripley had looked like plenty of snow for skiing at Ripley. Yeah. Yeah, Ripley's had snow machines since we were in school. Okay. I'll you know what sure. this pod you know what this podcast episode is? What? This is the Monday after the Lions lost to the 49ers, where <laughs> where every song I listened to on Spotify was sad and I was just depressed. It's like, oh, Carnival's <laughs> coming up. There's no snow. <laughs> oh. yeah this oh, is this is the Debbie Downer womp, womp, here's, womp. here's the here's the thing, Harrison. The Monday after the Lions game, I sat there and I thought well, there's some things I would have changed, but overall, I'm proud of the boys, and I don't have that second part of the sentence this year. <laughs> it's like you go through, oh, yay, rivalry we get, multiple organ failure. It's like, yeah. oh, man, peace. Yeah, now let's go yeah. play the team that we took five points from in Mankato, and that feels like a century ago, right? Like It feel feels like, like a different team that played that game. Yeah, I feel like we need to sit here and be listening to uh, the uh, Sarah McLaughlin song in the dog commercials. Yeah, we, I wanted I, my daughter was supposed to learn to play that on the piano so we could use it for like our Patreon commercial and be like, for just two dollars a month, <laughs> for just two dollars a month, you can you buy can some support. NIL for a goal scorer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. mm-hmm. Help a sad Michigan Tech fan out today. Yeah. Oh, pain. So, yeah, Carnival, there's Blue Line Luncheon this week, which is cool. Like, that's nice to hear that they're actually having one this week. Love a good blue line luncheon. Uh, that should be an upbeat affair, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain that Joe will field any questions you'd like on anything. Especially if it's not recorded. I dare you. No, no I have other plans this weekend. <laughs> See, the the thing is that now Joe knows Zemedis and knows that he's with us. We need to send Nathan. You <laughs> sent... Because because Diaz and Callan are are too visible, but we can send Nathan in there to just go in there and ask just like off the wall questions. We need to do that. 
I could just maybe maybe yeah. what Joe needs is to be asked what he, what is it called when you put two lasagnas together. Maybe that is what he needs. Maybe that's the key to this team is the mega lasagna. Maybe <laughs> that is truly what we've been missing. <laughs> maybe that just gets him loosened up for the rest of the day and that's mm-hmm. what propels us to the rest of the season i love the thought process Tim. or 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 maybe michigan tech needs to bring in that like scriptwriter comedian dude that'll like do all the like or uh, maybe we just need to bring stuff. mega lasagnas into the blue line lunch so we can settle this once and for all so maybe. we can put the lasagnas on top of each other and then just start cutting them up and handing mm-hmm. them out to people and be like what do you call this yeah we'll do a survey right until no. we get Harrison to cut the mega lasagna in half and then put the half on top of the other half and be like, what do you call that now? All right, now we're playing like 6D chess on you. Yeah. It can't hurt. So Minnesota State's this... coming to town. Let's be depressing and go around and say what you guys think is going to happen. We'll leave Dustin be... for last because we already know what he's going to say. I bet I bet there's more people coming to my side of the table. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. I, I, will, I will put it out there and say I will be pleasantly astonished if this is anything other than a clean Mankato sweep. Why don't we just pick which Mankato player is going to win MVP then? <laughs> Who, whoever the goal think is, Mankato we're going to make them look like the player of the week again. There's no way they don't. And if they do, <laughs> and if Mankato doesn't win Carnival, I am the most happy you've ever seen a wrong person in your life, but I just yeah. welcome, I, I see to no the, reason to predict it. Welcome you know? to the Bethlehem side of Michigan Tech Hockey. I just want to remind everyone that Matt is the optimist in this group. That's where we are. That's where we are in this season. I'm, I am. I'm. I still consider myself an optimist for this team, and this is where I am. I yeah. want you to. I want all of you to let that sit there for a second, because well, yeah, I still stand by being the optimist, and I still stand by what I've said, and I stand by my prediction. Well, I don't think you're wrong, so I'm not going to. No, it's just. With you. It's just so much as like even when things seem to be going right for stretches it still doesn't seem like the i don't know it just doesn't feel like the i don't know you know how like when you're seeing uh, like co-workers you can tell when they're like slouching and just not in it right like the vibe is off the vibe, the vibe is, is totally off. off even when things That's are going right like here. something's missing like they're just not in it and i don't know what it is and i don't know it's frustrating to be on the outside and i know like my One of the things I've again. talked about a lot on the Discord is like, uh, like Jay Z was talking about. Yeah, Joe's frustrated too, and I'm like, yeah. Except none of us are in a position to do anything about it. He is like, he's the coach. Like, it's that the the one that the I forget which cartoon that is, but the one poking the stick going do something. Like, we don't have the ability to change anything and it's not like joe isn't trying like i get it but like none of it's working and it's irritating you're you're muted dust the figure out there you go uh, sorry it is his job to be able to figure out what levers to pull at what time like that is part yep. of being a coach like you yeah you need to know how to levers to pull at which time you need to know how to get the most out of your team and none of those things are happening no no that's that's very true i say tech wins the game because Mankato has ugly jerseys. <laughs> those, those yellow jerseys are a monstrosity. Um, That's kind of because I like the pictures of them, but when I see them on the ice, I am just, I'm just despised. Oh, it reminds me of like when Michigan, because Michigan has this very specific shade of yellow that I just can't stand. And when they used to have it in the dazzle, oh, <laughs> it's <was> awful. 
And as much yeah. as I love Dazzle, like the specific Michigan color in the Dazzle, ugh, it made me want to puke. And I like almost get that same feeling with Mankato's yellows on the ice. It's not quite there, but it kind of feels like similar. All right, so let's get back to things. So who is going to win Carnival MVP for Minnesota State? Sam Mort. Whoever Sam plays goalie, I don't. They could probably put a so shooter tutor in the second. So night, Matt. So Matt's guessing MVP. most likely Alex Tracy. Uh, we'll give that's him be my guess we'll get, too. We'll give him Keenan Rincier if he plays more for some reason. Uh, I'll send him twenty bucks if he like max on the Carnival Queen. That'd be funny. And I guess uh, to be different, I'll go uh, Lucas Felder. Um, Rob, you got anybody? I don't even know their roster well enough to guess. Oh, I got it up on the phone. So. <laughs> I'm looking <Take> right now. <laughs> Pick a Michigan Tech guy. Make us feel better. Is um, is what's his name getting any minutes yet? I can never remember his name. <laughs> that was really that was really Tanner Edwards. Tanner Edwards Tanner has Edwards, four yes. penalty minutes and no points. Yeah, for he's some played, played four games. Yeah. He's only it's time for games. him to be a hero, Dustin. It's time yeah. for him to be a hero. He's begging for a big moment, and we're giving him a stage. You should do it. Man, I wish. Wouldn't that be sweet? Yes. Yeah. I... <laughs> I'd be so mad. I'd be like, you know what? As upset as I am, I know Dustin is somewhere smiling ear to ear, and that's enough for me right now. <laughs> so a few years ago, my wife went to Western Michigan. I'm sorry to sidetrack this again. There's a kid on the team, Rhett Kingston. Rhett Kingston was born with three fingers on one of his hands. Okay. Uh, and we're getting pummeled. We lose eight to two. Rhett Kingston gets a hat trick and pulls his glove off and holds up the three <laughs> fingers of the guys. Oh, and that's I'm, awesome. I'm calling the game. I couldn't even I couldn't even be mad. I was like <laughs> I was like that's I, I DM'd him after. I was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen, man. Congrats. Good that's, man. That's awesome. That is awesome. Best goal celebration ever. He just it was like it wasn't even like flashy. He just like just held him up and just kind of <laughs> looked around for a second. There was no like waving his arms. It was just amazing. All and right, it was like on. three of his four career goals. Disability? <laughs> you mean disability to put three on you? Yeah, well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. We haven't had a new patron in a very long time, it feels like, uh, but we could use your support. So please check us out. Um Follow us on Twitter at Chasing Mac Pod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find your podcast on the site of choice, ugh, if you can't find our podcasts on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. I actually saw that. Last week, according to Chartable, we were up to hundred and hundred and sixth ranking for uh, for hockey podcasts. We dropped immediately after that, but that's pretty normal for us. But that that's probably the highest we've been, I think, all season or since since like November. So once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental and Ryan Leonard, Wisconsin, Arcadia Insurance, servicing all of the Midwest and Livonia Technical Services. Plus, uh, our liner notes will have links to Mike old dogs books if you want to buy them they're on amazon and if you buy them through the links in our liner notes we'll get a couple bucks so uh that'd be great finally thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode if you like what you hear check them out at the thank you
You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.